Hello. Okay. Hi. I should sound a lot clearer. Kez got me a microphone for my birthday and a noise reducer, and I think it's made a real difference. I no longer sound like a little kind of voice about to break teenager in a can, um, which is really nice, especially when you're having to listen to your voice back when editing things. Um, I haven't done a podcast for a while, uh, and the reason for that is that I don't get paid to do a podcast. Like It's not my job to do a podcast, and that didn't stop me before. It's just... Like my actual job, being a football coach, being a PT, uh, doing some work in a school, um, have taken precedent, which I think is a good thing. Like I should be making sure that the things that I get paid to do, I'm actually doing well. And I feel like I'm doing them well. So there is inevitably a trade-off when it comes to doing things that you enjoy. Um, not that I, and, and I do really like doing the podcast and I'm excited to get back into a routine of recording and editing and and publishing them um it's just the things that i've been doing to try and like enjoy the time that i'm not coaching haven't been the podcast it's been like i don't know going for walks and trying to watch a bit more football i've been able to do that recently which has been great um and i train myself four or five times a week so i've got to make sure i've got time to do that and time to recover um and so all that sort of stuff. Um, anyway, I am g- planning on getting back into this routine of recording. So there'll be podcasts more regularly, which is uh, something that I'm excited about. Um, I've started a fair bit of new coaching. Um, so my week at the moment is on a Monday in the day, I have one-to-ones, I have football one-to-ones, and I have uh, PT sessions. And then on a Monday evening, I'm going to be starting a session, a regular session um, with the Crystal Palace Foundation, which is really cool. Uh, on a Tuesday in the day, I well, I do all the PE at a primary school. Um, and then I train myself. And then on a Tuesday evening, I coach Cuffley Men's. Uh, I'm the reserves coach, but we train first team and reserves team together on a Tuesday. Uh, And then on a Wednesday in the day, I'm at school. Wednesday evening, I'm with Goldigers, now the head of coaching at Goldigers, which is a, I was was like head coach, head of coaching when I was chatting to um, some of the committee at the club. I think head of coaching, kind of a bit more strategic, kind of a, a, a back step really, in terms of being less present i don't have to be as present at everything um but still have um a sense of what's going on across the club in terms of our different leagues um but i can um input into everything that happens from a coaching perspective so that's really really exciting thursday in the day i'm at school and then thursday evening i have a session with ballers academy who are based in southwark south east london um and i do i guess i'm like I'm effectively strength and conditioning. I mean, it, fitness coach, I think, is what I've what I'm called. But it's uh, it's a chance for me to try and incorporate some of the uh, stuff I learned when I was qualifying as a PT in a very specifically football setting. So I'm really really enjoying that with some younger ones all the way up to uh, to sixteens. And then Friday in the day, I PT. And on a Friday evening, I'm with with Palace. And Saturdays, we have games for Cuffley. Um, and then Sunday, I do nothing. 
like I have no coaching, which for now is perfect because it is really important to have a day of of doing nothing. I'm not sure whether in future maybe like there is work that I could do on a Sunday and I think if I was maybe in an I don't know, over the next few months I can be a bit smarter with my time in the week and that would give me the chance to um to have a bit more time in the week and then I could do Sundays and I wouldn't feel um that I had to have it as like a day of nothing. But for now that's the that's the way my week's structured. So I don't have much time to do the podcast, but I do have enough time to record on a Sunday or a Monday and then edit during the day, um, during like across the week and then put it out on a on a Friday. So that's the plan moving forward. Um, the other thing that has taken uh, up some of my time, and I don't mean that in a bad way, it's fantastic. Uh, I have a new housemate. It's Lucy, which is great. Um, so we've been moving her stuff in. And yeah, like living with your partner is a lot of fun. It's so much fun. Um, so getting, like I have a lot of shit and clearing out space to, uh, well, clearing out stuff to make space for someone to live with, for me was, was quite tricky, but I've done it and she's in and it's great. Um, I have, I think about 130 football shirts that I've got in storage at the moment. At some point, I'll figure out what to do with them, but I am increasingly feeling that I shouldn't sell them. Like I should try, I should keep them for as long as I can because that one only means that their value is going to increase. But two, like they're just wicked to have, and and to 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 yeah, to, to, I don't know. It's the only thing I've collected really, like football wise. When I was younger, I remember nineteen ninety eight World Cup. I don't know if anyone else collected. There were like these coins for the squad. Could have these little coins in a in a book, kind of like Panini esque, but little coins rather than stickers. I got them. I've got a few sticker books which are in decent condition, so I've got them. But like shirts are are very much my thing. So keeping keeping hold of them. Um, it's Sunday the seventh of November as I record this. So Spurs have now had two games under Conte. We drew nil nil with Everton this afternoon. Um, and I'll have a football, football, obviously I'll have a football guest. I'll have a Spurs guest, uh, on at some point soon to kind of get a sense of, uh, where Spurs are at and really, really talk through my feelings and thoughts on, um, Nuno and Conte. But for now, like, basically I'm not clear what has changed since the summer that might be really naive and maybe it's just a case of Spurs are more desperate and we're willing to pay pay more money but my sense is that there was something kind of bigger than that that prevented him becoming manager um four months ago um and if it was something really big what's changed to now if it was something small why did we not do everything we could to compromise and make it make it easier for him to join in the summer rather than wasting all this time with Nuno and they go I feel bad for Nuno I'm not like wedded to his way of playing football but I just don't think like clearly he wasn't the right person to do the job so why was he given the chance to do the job is is where I'm I'm currently at 
Um, but yeah, we'll have someone on to, to talk about Spurs. Uh, Liverpool are uh, away at West Ham. Oh, second half. Second half just started. Trent Alexander-Arnold scored an unbelievable free kick. I feel like him and Reese James are kind of... It, it, they're so, so fantastic. And it must just be fun for them to... Like, for Trent to be like, oh, Reece, like last weekend, Reese James scored two unbelievable goals, one, one with each foot. It must be fun for Trent to be like, okay, like, if he's doing that, I need to be great. And then he comes out and scores a great goal. And Reese James is probably watching that being like, shit, I need to keep the level that I'm performing at and if I want to play for England, you know? So that's a fun, fun uh, kind of subplot, I suppose. Uh, couldn't watch Man U against City uh, yesterday because I was driving to Cuffley, um, to the Cuffley game, saw the highlights, kind of consensus is that City were infinitely better and United were nowhere near. Uh, don't, I don't, I mean, I guess there was a sense that United could challenge for the league. They're clearly a level below Chelsea, City and Liverpool in some order. Um, United probably fourth. And then there's the group of like West Ham, probably Arsenal, I guess. Like for now, kind of Brighton, Leicester, and then maybe Spurs are the group below that with with uh with Everton. Um but we'll see. That's that's kind of where we're at for the moment. Uh in terms of Cuffley, we are we're doing all right. It's it's really nice to be coaching a side where there's obviously like we're playing for points every week, but there's a much bigger objective than trying to win the game. It's can we develop players? Um and can we help them progress as footballers within the club but also in future that might mean that they move on to other um move on to other clubs so I'm really really enjoying that um and it's great to be working with a couple of coaches who've got a lot more experience than me and are willing to share that um in Drew and Jack so that's that's really really good um what else Palace Palace is is really fun like it's very different doing younger ones and then the next night doing adults, and then the next night doing adults, and then doing younger ones. Um, like that is something that I'm enjoying and finding um, finding interesting. Like how you, I mean, I don't I don't feel like I coach massively differently. Ali says this. She's like, this is who I am wherever I'm at, um, whether she's doing Chelsea or Goldiggers or Goals for Girls. I think that is true. Like I am the same. I probably, I mean, I definitely, I I, I probably play up the kind of playful um, side of things when I'm doing the younger ones because I think a lot of that is 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 the best way to engage them um, and actually last Friday I was really pleased I managed to keep them interested in my session when there were fireworks going off so that was fantastic I was pleased with that um, but yeah, like the the messaging and how you talk about different ideas within football with different um, players depending on their age and playing experience is something that I'm really, really enjoying the challenge of. Um, so that's cool. Goldigers, I feel like we're in a really, really good spot. Session last week was was wicked. Um, I'm doing the keepers and I'm doing like everyone um, across the club. So that's really, really good. Goalkeeper coaching is... So 
superb. Like it's just so much fun. Um, it's interesting actually, the feedback I got from my Palace Practical interview um, was kind of like, you're really, really natural with the goalies. Um, not that I wasn't that with, with the outfield players, but to, to have that feedback from like a, he's a full-time coach developer and he's got loads of experience working in football as a coach and as a coach developer. Um, just made me think like, I, like I've never watched a goalkeeper coach um, in the same way that I've like watched outfield players be coached and I've watched, um, I've obviously like been an outfield player in a, in a session. Um, so I've just picked, I, I, I've picked up little bits here and there maybe in terms of coaching goalies, but I'm basically doing it how I think it should be done. So to know that that is good and that I'm doing that well is really, really nice. Um, and yeah, I think I could probably afford to, that's a, afford in terms of like time capacity. I could probably take on a couple more clients for, for one-to-ones football and, uh, and, uh, training in the gym, but I've got a nice balance across the week at the moment and don't particularly want to, um, want to throw that off. Um, so that's where I'm at. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I love this time of year, like going into, going into autumn, winter, when there's, when there's lots of football, um, to, for me to coach and also to watch, um, and like getting ready for like Hanukkah's really early this year. So even starting to think about that and then Christmas and potentially a holiday is really, really exciting. Um, so yeah, this is just a kind of, hello, like don't, don't, um, think that I've sacked this podcast off. I absolutely haven't. I've just had to get things in order. And now that I've done that, I'm going to be, uh, going to be trying to crank them out. Um, yes, yeah, some interesting guests coming up. Um, so stay tuned for that. And I think, I think what I'll do is I'll just start a separate Instagram page because, um, then they can all be in one place with with links um, in the bio and nice artwork. Anna's going to keep doing the artwork, which I'm very, very grateful for. Uh, so, yeah, hope you're all doing well. And I will be posting podcasts more regularly. So get excited for those. So, Emma, this is actually technically not your first time on the podcast because after England beat Denmark, I shoved a microphone in front of your face and was like what what's gonna happen the fucking euros and can't remember a thing of what i said so um hopefully a better performance this time yeah we, we talked about that passage at the end of the game where they just kept the ball and it was like, oh my god england <laughs> since when do england do that yeah well it lasted about that game and not the final unfortunately <laughs> Yeah, it didn't happen. Uh, Spurs 2, Leeds 1. You went to the game. Tell us how you ended up at the game. Um, yeah, so I didn't I didn't have a ticket. Um, parent, my parents were coming down from Leeds for the game. Sister was undercover in the Spurs end, and I was happy to just let them all go, and I was going to watch it at home. And then a spare came up last minute, and I sort of got dragged, dragged, up, dragged up to go watch it. And, yeah. Quite, quite hungover walking down the high road uh, wondering what the hell I was doing when the team news came out but um, yeah good, decent day out shame about the result really yeah I feel like everyone at least if you go to the stadium you're like wow this is this is nice at least 
Yeah, I've been I've been for the um the the women's North London derby a couple of years oh, back. Yeah. Um, so I'd been to the stadium, but and it was it was nice to see it, you know, full full sold out. Um, but yeah, not not much not much beyond that really. Yeah, you mentioned the team use. What the hell? All your injuries, ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of been an ongoing theme of the three years under Bielsa is that we just always seemingly have at least one or two out, but it's gone from one or two to three to four to five to six at this point. And I think we got used to in the championship, the international break being a bit of a chance to to refresh and get a few back. But with so many of our players now in those international squads, it just seems like, yeah, we've got that Premier League problem of international break just means more injuries. So, um, yeah, obviously Rafinha's undoubtedly our best player. Um, so when the, yeah, the rumours started Saturday evening, Sunday, that, that he was going to be out, it's suddenly a difficult game, suddenly looks it looks impossible. Um, one of my friends messaged me about an hour and a half before the game saying that he just put money on Spurs to win by four or five goals. So I think that kind of sums up the mood among Leeds fans um, going into the game. Um, so yeah, it's 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 not we're not in a good situation on the injury front at the moment, and it's looking a bit daunting going into Christmas. But yeah, mm. it's a weird one, isn't it? Because now like your play your players are good and they're getting recognised, so they're playing for their countries, which is obviously great. That's probably making them better. Like Calvin Phillips was. He was fantastic and he's like obviously better as a result of playing for England. But the flip side of it is like you're just kind of <laughs> this like pile of bodies just kind of trail trailing towards towards, I don't know, some time off at some point. Yeah. But... And we're in that situation where we've got a lot of new players who maybe aren't used to the Bielsa methods who are picking up little injuries. And then you've got a lot of players who have been there three years now who've been sort of run into the ground potentially and there's question marks about whether they can keep keep it up in terms of the fitness so it's yeah it's it seems like the ongoing conversation is oh well when we get a few back but every time we get a few back a few more drop off so it's uh yeah it's it's the blessing and the curse of Bielsa is that he's uh, obsessed with this this small squad so just gotta take we take we take him at you take Bielsa 100% and if that's what he wants then that's what he wants oh, you're a lot more kind of sombre existential than I thought you'd be like you lost <laughs> the Spurs do you know what I mean like Spurs away we're not great but that's still like getting anything is a decent result and you like you deserve to get more out of the game you hammered us first half yeah I mean I think yeah when that team news came in I was pretty negative and I was and I, I, I said you know to my to my family and the people I was there with, I said, you know, if we get a good performance and you know, I want to see us score. I want to see us take the lead because I've been to four or five games this season that the team has take the lead. I want to see us score a goal, put in a decent performance, and not get hammered. I said all of that pre-match. All of that happened, and yet you think one 0 up at half time, playing really well. We're in a relegation scrap fundamentally I think most Leeds fans are pretty accepting of that now you think Spurs away obviously difficult game but is it a good time to play them just change a manager and will he have had time to 
to sort of get his methods across. Um, and obviously, you know, Spurs are in a pretty, have been in a pretty negative way for the last few weeks. And I think you saw that, you know, in the the atmosphere in the first half and um, the sort of response from the fans is pretty negative. So we yeah, felt them off. Half, yeah, we felt at half time like we were well in control, and then yeah, within five or ten minutes at the start of the second half, you knew yeah we'll we'd be lucky to get away with a point. Um, it was a it, yeah a cliched game of two halves really. Yeah, it was that, wasn't it? It's very weird. I hadn't been to Spurs since we lost to Chelsea, and the Chelsea game they beat us three 0 But it was kind of the reverse of that. It was like first half we were actually good. Like we stopped them, we created some stuff ourselves. Got to half time nil nil, and the second half we were like <laughs> we were like mannequins. Like they're just all like table football players. It was like we couldn't move independently, or just like no one could do anything. Conceded three. Yesterday was like, first half was like as bad as anything under Nuno, for sure. Like, you, Leeds were really good, but Spurs, I mean, it was just like no plan, no, just n- nothing. Um, and I was watching Leeds being like, this is like, this is a good team who like play all over the pitch. You had this like kind of th- back three, back four shifting thing with Phillips, yeah. Harrison coming deep. I was like, this is... Like, I didn't think we were going to get any, no shot on target for us in the first half, I don't think. I was like, we're going to, we, this is going to be another game where Kane does nothing. And it's like, oh, you know, this is the kind of ongoing theme for the for the Spurs side anyway. Yeah, it was, yeah, being the away end, it was a weird one. Because obviously, everyone, yeah, like I said, everyone came into it with that sort of nervousness. And then first five, ten minutes, you know, you think we're doing all right here We've we've, We've we've kept them to nothing. We're keeping the ball reasonably well. They're seemingly sitting off us, which suits us to a T. I think, especially this season, we're struggling when teams press us, and I think we saw that in the second half. Um, and yeah, and suddenly, yeah, it was. It felt like every time, every time, try sort of Kane got the ball, everyone panicked, and then Calvin Phillips just crunched into a tackle, and it it just sort of lifted everyone and. Yeah, as the game progressed, that just started happening less and less. And suddenly, you know, Kane was getting on the ball and picking his passes. And yeah, we just didn't really have an answer. I think that's the first time I've seen Leeds play this year. Has Phillips been at centre-back? Has he done that, like, dropping off, stepping in thing or not really? No, so we always play a back three when we come up against a front two because we also like the spare man. And Phillips has done that before. Um in a sort of more, mostly in the championship, it used to be um, sort of Cooper and Ben White would split and Calvin would come in between. Um, we haven't seen it as much in the Premier League. There was even there, there was a bit of time again first season of Bielsa where he played centre back in a back two for a few weeks because there was no one left that was fit. So he is, we've seen him do it, but yeah, I think he said he said in the week, you know, in one of the interviews what someone asked him you know about Kane and playing with him at England and he did say oh you know he'll be my man on Sunday which I'm not sure if he was supposed to reveal that in a <laughs> in a pre-match interview but um yeah it was a bit of an odd one especially when we we had uh Pascal Stroik who is a centre-back playing a left-back um but yeah I guess yeah I don't know if it was you know Bielsa sort of giving him the Kane job as you know he's he's there He's their best player, and you're you're our best player, so we'll we'll match you up like that. But um, he's done that similarly with sort of 
De Bruyne. He's moved. He's moved Phillips onto De Bruyne in the past. Um, but yeah, it, it seemed to work um, up until half time, and then I think um, we had Forshaw and Click in the midfield, who are both wrong side of thirty, struggling fitness wise a little bit. Forshaw, he's only his second league start in two years. He's had a massive injury layoff, and I think. We just lost control of the midfield second half. I think you pressed us a lot better. Um, and I think Bielsa just sort of tried to shift Phillips around to wherever the problems were. So he went into the midfield, then he went back into the defence. And yeah, I think it was it just didn't, didn't really work. Um, but yeah, I mean, Calvin Phillips can do anything. So we, we, we if he needs to be a centre-back, he'll just do it. He's just like queen on a chessboard. Just like yeah, there, there, there was I think there was a there was a passage in the first half where Kane dropped off and he couldn't quite get close enough to him and he and Kane played like one out to the left and then like half a minute later played one out to the right and that was like okay well there's only there's only so far he's going to follow him do you know what I mean like because Son and Lucas were still up there. Um, but then, like you say, there were other times where it came up to him and he was just like really tight to him, nicked it and then dropped off and, and then started yeah. to, to play. So impressed. Um, and yeah. Forshaw, Forshaw was, I thought he was, if that's his second, he was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, Forshaw, he's, um, when Bielsa first came in, he said, you know, Forshaw was the one I've been the most impressed with in, in pre-season and everything. And he's talked glowingly about him, but he picked up an injury and sort of, early early 2019-20 season, year we got promoted. And it was like, oh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. I'll be back in a couple of weeks. And he's, he's had two years out with this hip injury that became a groin problem, that be, he had to have all these surgeries. So, yeah, it's uh, a bit of a, an ongoing joke in the fan base that we were absolutely desperate for a sense of mids in the summer. And we were, we were very interested in Conor Gallagher, which is infuriating because he's, smashing it he's so good um, but yeah we wanted him on loan and he wanted to stay in london and all, all that kind of stuff so i don't think he has any regrets there but yeah the, the uh leeds owner responded to a tweet saying um you know where's our center mid and he said adam Forshaw, and it's taken us till november to see him and he is he is very good but it's whether he can hold it together fitness wise um but yeah we have looked a lot more composed with him in the midfield and I think that if he hadn't have been fit I don't think Bielsa would have put Calvin in the defence I think um, there's a lot of trust in Forshaw and he, feel, he brought Click in and, and has trust in those those two as a two whereas if Forshaw hadn't have been fit it would have probably been Click and Roberts which is a bit more they're both a bit more tens rather than eights um, so yeah so it's looking a bit more positive with him in the midfield we look like we have a bit more control but um yeah still still weren't creating very much despite having a lot of the ball first half yeah a lot of it came from from Harrison didn't it it was like kind of okay this whole left hand side obviously we were playing back three so he's up against Emerson and there were some times where it was just like switch it out to him and he just sort of held it held it held it and then you had players close enough to him that he could bring us in but then like for the goal he was you know 20 yards higher and he ran at Emerson and just like great cross fucking Dan James little 
weedy <laughs> goober Dan James nipping in at the back post. I was like, oh, had to be against Spurs. Yeah, I mean Harrison, we had him on loan for we've had him on loan for three years on the spin, and we only actually signed him um, in the summer, and he was absolutely brilliant last season. I think he got pushing double double figures for goals goals and assists, maybe seven or eight goals, similar similar on assists, and he looked ten million like an absolute steal for Man City, but he's not really backed it up this season, and I think. That was probably the real positive of the day from a Leeds point of view that he had probably his best uh, best performance of the season. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of it's been a lot of that for us, just attacking down the wings and putting in crosses to no one. Um, we're really missing Patrick Bamford, I think, um, which is a sentence I don't think many Leeds fans thought would ever be saying. But um, uh. yeah, I think. Harrison and obviously James, you sort of blinded a bit by the goal, but I think he had a decent performance. Otherwise, I think that gives us a bit of hope that with Rafinha coming back, there's a bit more of a threat from those three as as decent options on the wings. Um, but yeah, um, I thought Harrison did well because obviously he had Stroik behind him as a centre back who very much looked like a centre back playing um, playing full back when he was sort of in the final third. He looked a bit clueless, so. Um, yeah, it was a decent performance from Harrison. Yeah, I uh, I wonder just like what there's because there's there's obviously like an element of it which is like okay Conte first league game at home, you know get into them at half time that sort of vibe, and it was like there just was a difference in the second half just in terms of like energy and where they tried to engage the ball and stuff. But then with all of that, we didn't make any like we didn't. Like we didn't bring anyone exciting on. Our first sub was like a centre back. We had the talent on the pitch though. Like Kane, Son, Mora, like easily had the ability to. We play a, a man marking system where if someone can beat their man, then the whole thing can fall apart like a pack of cards. And I think that just happened more and more in the second half when it wasn't happening in the first half. Um, yeah, it, it happened right at the start of the second half. Phillips went for a header and it like bounced and he kind of he misjudged yeah, it. it went over and it was like chance straight away. And I said to my dad, I was like, there you go. That's what it's going to be, a little mistake. Um, yeah, that's, that is true. I just, the thing I got frustrated by, and maybe, maybe this is part of the Bielsa genius, I don't know. So we had Emerson really high. So he's pinning, uh, what's his name, the left back. And then we had... Right. Yeah, Stroik. And then Lucas was inside kind of occupying uh, Cooper in that sort of space. So there's this like big, big like channel that's just waiting for someone to fucking run into. (laughs) And no one ran, like no one was running. And it was just so frustrating. We're like holding the ball, holding the ball. There's the space for anyone to just to to charge through it, beat beat whoever's marking you, which didn't do it. and yeah, it was just it was killing me. That's what I was thinking. We have to put on, we have to put on someone who's just gonna, it was just gonna run forward. You don't even have to get the ball. Just force someone to to track you. Um, but we just didn't do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Spurs goals were just awful. Like those sorts of goals must just. <laughs> you must be, I could barely even yeah. celebrate them. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the second one especially is just incredibly jammy. But I think, I think most. 
and that's your response when you see it happen straight away like where, where, where's our luck kind of thing but also the free kick comes from you you being through on goal and Cooper just hacking down at it I'm not sure which player it was but hacking someone down on the edge of the box and it did kind of feel like we were just we just couldn't we couldn't regain control for that sort of 20 minute period and there was the Kane one-on-one there was the chance the Son chance that sort of deflected onto the bar there was a few big moments and it just felt like one of them was was going to go for you um and then after the goal I think I don't know I thought I don't know from a Spurs point of view if there was a frustration there that you didn't keep keep pushing because it felt like you just kind of sat back and was like these lot aren't gonna aren't gonna break us down again and it never really looked like we were gonna get us get an equalizer but it definitely felt like there was more goals there for Spurs um, and you weren't really that that keen to get them. It was weird. Conte was doing this to the fans, like, yeah, come on. And then he's looking at the players going like this. Like, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> completely mixed messages. Like, well, which one's for me, Antonio? Uh, yeah, definitely. I was, just, I was just frustrated. I was like, I really wanted Dombele to play. I think he's, it's just no, we don't have anyone who can do what he can do. There's only so much you're going to get out of Winks. Um, and yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. It's very early for, for us, obviously, with a new manager. But um, but yeah, I left that game thinking, like, we got a bit lucky here. If Leeds had, you know, half of those, who was it? Was it six that, six that were out? Bamford, Rodrigo, Rafinha. Bamford, Rodrigo, Rafinha. Ailing's been out a little while. Ailing. He was there was he might have been a few back, but he's looking more towards the weekend. Furpo, who came on in the second half, he's that's his first appearance in a while. He's been out. Um Shackleton, who's been playing right back, was out for has been out, which has forced the move for Stroik to left back in Play Dallas. So yeah, I mean it's just that it's just Bielsa. We're just kind of used to it that yeah, yeah. If someone if someone's out, everything gets rotated and everyone sort of slots very sort of square pegs and round holes at times. But it's it's worked for for three years and it's yeah, it feels like we're getting to the, the first real point where people are going, hang on a minute, have we got enough here? Mm. So you're thinking relegation battle. That's that's where you're at at the moment. Yeah, I mean. It's difficult, especially because so many of the clubs down at the bottom have changed their managers recently. Um, but I think everyone's thinking everyone's thinking Norwich are probably going to have to be the one. If if Norwich finish ahead of ahead of you, you kind of deserve You're to down, go down. Yeah. yeah. Um, Watford are just a bit ridiculous. They look like they they were absolutely terrible at Ellen Road. Um, Ranieri's come in and it's been mixed, but obviously they've had a couple of big results um, that's got them out of trouble. And then you're kind of thinking, well, who else? And if Newcastle didn't have billions to spend in January, you'd think they were down, but they're such an unknown quantity with that takeover that you just, from a Leeds point of view, you just want to build as big a gap as possible to them before they have a chance to improve that squad. Um Burnley are Burnley and I don't I can't see them ever Sean Dyche ever getting letting them get relegated uh, again they're just so solid um 
so at that point you're kind of struggling to think think who else is is a threat um I think Villa have got a good squad they'll be fine Brentford have been a bit questionable last few weeks but I think they'll probably be fine so I think we should be fine like on paper we you know we finished ninth last season and yeah we haven't we didn't have a great summer we didn't invest very well but we've not got considerably we shouldn't have got considerably worse um but and with if we can keep Rafinha and Phillips on the pitch for the majority of the season the the games left this season we should be fine but yeah it's just needing some points on the board I think just to so save off it. can I read you Leeds fixtures the, the Brighton away Palace at home, Brentford at home, Chelsea away, <laughs> City away, Arsenal at home, Liverpool away, <laughs> Christ. Uh, and then Villa home, Burnley home, West Ham away, Newcastle home. It's yeah, tough, mate. It's, it's not good. And then in the new year, you've got uh, United, Spurs and Leicester three in a row at the end of Feb and start of March. Yeah. We had a quite a decent run of fixtures in October, which just happened to coincide with Phillips being injured and all our centre backs being injured, and we didn't really take advantage of it. I mean, we beat we beat Watford and we beat Norwich, which we needed to do, but we lost to Southampton. Um, we didn't really. That was the real chance to get some points on the board, and we kind of missed it. Um, yeah, the next three, although. You know, Brighton, Palace and Brentford are all kind of difficult games, but they're a lot easier than what's to follow. So mm. my the concern always with, and I know all football fans think their, their clubs are unique and particularly awful in many ways, but I think the thing with Leeds is that often it can spiral so quickly. And I think at the moment people are reasonably positive. And I think the, the atmosphere at Ellen Road, even when we've been, you know, out and down in a few games this season has been really good. And I think that's a bit of people just being happy to be back in football grounds and happy to be watching Premier League football for the first time in in 15, 20 years. Um, but I think the panic will start if those fixtures in December go as they should do, realistically, based on how we tend to do against the big teams. If we drop into the relegation zone, in January and Newcastle start spending loads of money and Bielsa has always been reluctant to spend money in January because he doesn't think it's worth it. He, he doesn't think he likes to have a pre-season with the players. He doesn't think people can come in and adapt to his his methods with enough time. And based on the signings we have made in January, he's probably right because they've all yeah. kind of been kind of been flops. But it's quite easy to say, oh, I think we're fine with our squad in January when we're, you know, top of the championship going for promotion. When we're, if we're 17th, 18th, and we're on in a relegation battle, there might be a bit of frustration that creeps in. Um, and just, uh, we've waited 17 years for this, just please spend some money. Um, mm. So it's, yeah, the next, I mean, Saturday, especially but yeah the next three feel like huge huge games maybe it's just going to come down to the fact that Newcastle are going to but like Newcastle might spend like 45 million on Deli Alley and 
what that'll be a terrible signing and then you'll just like you'll finish you'll finish 17th and it'll be fine <laughs> yeah when he came on yesterday someone said you know would you take him on loan and I said absolutely not like yeah. he'd, he'd need training under Bielsa for him to be satisfied with his fitness so um it's quite it's quite odd from a non-Spurs point of view like what the hell happened to Deli Ali because it seemed like he was like 2018 England's like starting 11 semi-finalist like like he was going to be in the England team for the next 10 years and then he stopped paying attention for 10 minutes then you're like wait why is Deli Ali like not in the Spurs squad and I, I don't I don't think anyone really knows what's going on there yeah I mean there's a little bit obviously in the all or nothing but in like I don't know when he retires there'll be some huge athletic deep dive into his life <laughs> and probably something will come out do you know what I mean but until then it's just a bit of a mystery um okay well I really hope Leeds stay up I think you will you've got some good players and there's probably enough there in terms of the infrastructure hopefully <laughs> fucking hell center forward best player center back to come back plus rodrigo like yeah keep the faith yeah we will and we will we will we won't be we won't be sacking bielsa and bringing in big sam either way so we'll, we'll have to see yeah unlikely oh final thing for uh before we finish uh leeds had by far the loudest fans of all the premier league clubs i have seen at the new Spurs stadium so congrats um but what what's the song about is it archie what's that song it's just like archie arch i don't know i was trying to listen to it is there not have i just made that up no i'm not i'm not when were we singing that Without the whole thing. Like you, you sung it a few times. Yeah, it was like, Archie, Archie. Da, 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 da. I don't know. Have you been marching on together? No, that one I know. It sounded like you're singing, like, I don't know, some guy called Archie. Maybe I was just, maybe it was marching on together and I just couldn't hear it. <laughs> Probably marching on together. Our fan base yeah. would just kind of like mumble it and get, try and get through it as quickly as possible. It could easily have been marching on together. It is nice hearing, like, yeah, it is nice hearing like regional accents in some of the, the classics, you know, like your support is yeah. fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, um, it is definitely, yeah. it definitely is a Leeds fan living in London. When you get to those, those London aways and you get, you come in on the tube and you're coming in an opposite direction from everyone else. And you hear that first, well, it's coming from like three carriages <laughs> down. It's like, a, it's like a hug. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there there were there were plenty in that uh, that away end that took took advantage of the sort of four thirty kickoff to to be uh, be plenty plenty pissed by the time they got there. So um, yeah, it, the atmosphere was good. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Well, I'll see you training Wednesday. I'll see you Wednesday. Yeah. See you Wednesday.